I call this, I predict 2024. Notice I said God didn't predict this. I said I predict. Uh, you see, which means now some of the things I might say would be from the Lord, but uh, I'm not going to be like some people who claim every thought that comes into their head after they had too much pizza is from the Lord necessarily. Uh, but uh, so I call it, I predict. Notice that. So don't be worried here. I'm not going to, but, but some of the things will, I believe, will be from the Lord. And, uh, you know, when you predict things, I notice most people who make predictions are wrong. You know how they, they started to predict in 2022 that the recession is coming. Then they predicted that in 2023. And now I see that most Canadians believe it's coming. It's coming. You know, it's like one uh, preacher, I won't mention his name because I'm too sweet. He, he kept predicting the last 10 years of Billy Graham's life. He predicted every New Year's Eve, this is the year that Billy, Billy Graham will die. And of course, eventually he was right. You know, if you just keep predicting, uh, if you keep predicting my death or Pastor Nathan's death eventually, but it'll be many years, you'll have to make that prediction. prediction. So, uh, so, so what I do, I open my spirit and I say, Lord, this is something I can speak to the people that is universally applicable. And I felt the Lord speak it. I put it on my little banner that we are charging 2024 with faith and confidence. We are charging, say that together, we are charging 2024 with faith and confidence. Now the word charge can mean several things. It's like you, you charge your battery. We're not talking about that. Uh, we're not talking about charging your account. <laughs> we're talking about charging ahead with strength and with authority. Uh, you know, what are we charging with? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, it's easy to look around. I've never seen a time, we used to talk about boiling the frog slowly, that uh, changes happen so slow that we hardly notice it. It just sneaks up on us. I think that uh, uh, the frog boiling is not on simmer anymore. It's at least a medium because things are changing so quickly. In, in every way, in small ways and in big ways. And it would be easy to mention some change. Let me take a few moments because we never talk about it in our regular services. So, for example, there's a huge geopolitical shift going on. You know, we have looked at the Western world led by United States and the, what we call the G7 nations, uh, United Kingdom, of course, led by United States, United Kingdom, um, France, Germany, Italy, uh, Japan, Canada, you know, these are, the, these are the big economic powerhouses. But, you know, there's a new group coming called the BRICS nations. I have a little slide of it. BRICS means Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And, in fact, uh, as of today, there are six, five or six other nations joining the BRICS nations. And, and uh, they actually have a bigger economy, bigger gross domestic product than all those Western countries. There's a shift going on. It's happening all over the world. There is, uh, we hear about AI. Some of you say, what is AI? Sounds like speaking in tongues. AI, artificial intelligence, and, uh, and it's taken over. We are all exposed to it, even not even knowing what, necessarily that that's what's going on. Some people are going to lose their jobs. We're going to have AI doctors and nurses, AI lawyers, AI truck drivers, AI every, in every direction, uh, relationships. Some people will want to, uh, you know, marry their AI avatar. Although I, I think uh, the real flesh and blood is better. Can somebody say amen to that? But uh, I, I think I actually have a picture here of one of those uh, avatars. There it is. Well, <laughs> you know, and they even train her so that she can follow you or train him to follow you with their, their eyes. You know, it'll affect uh, education. Doctors are one day, uh, uh, you know, not just doctors, but professors in universities have to decide who wrote the doctoral thesis. Was it uh, AI? Was it... Uh, or was it actually the person? What about virtual worship? Maybe you'll have an AI pastor. I hope not. <laughs> I hope you come on, give a big hand for Pastor Nathan here. Well, <laughs> I think he beats AI. But, uh, you know, morality is changing. That which we considered to be moral is now immoral by some. And that which was considered immoral is becoming moral. There was a time maybe hundreds of years ago when people say, well, you, you just have to believe the Bible and then uh, you have to believe in God. And then there was a time where they say, well, you don't need to. You can do whatever you want. And, and, and then there was a time when they said, well, you can't believe in God. And then now there's some who say, well, it's immoral to believe in God. So morality is changing. This is not a happy story. Uh, 
You know, inclusion, everybody talks about inclusion, but inclusion, like so many human projects, become the opposite of the intended. It becomes exclusion. You exclude everybody who is not in the inclusion group. Uh, you cancel people. Parents are canceled from their children's lives. Minority views are canceled. It's easy to talk about negative things. But what, what do we do? We're not going to spend our time on negative things. I may share a few tonight. What are we doing? We are charging ahead with faith and confidence. This is our best and the sweetest and the greatest hour in our life. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about World Impact Ministries. We are going ahead in faith and confidence. Oh, thank God. But I can tell you, our beloved nation of Canada that we love so much, I, I predict that our nation will continue to be a leading proponent in the world of the culture of death. It's kind of sad. Our country has become a leading proponent of the culture of death. You know, the, the, the medical assistance in death program launched in 2015. About 1,000 people uh, died through that program. In 2022, 13,241, and I expect us to be close to 20,000. And uh, it's concerning. It's concerning. Young people, mentally. Let me show you a picture of uh, Tyler, uh, what was his name? Tyler, Tyler Dunlop. This man right here. Tyler Dunlop, in January of this year, he was homeless. He wrestled with alcohol problems here, and he applied for medical assistance in death, this man. And he was accepted. Yeah, he had to check with a few psychiatrists, but at the last moment, he pulled back. He didn't go through with it. He could have been dead. And now he's written a book about it. This is right here in the greater Toronto area. And so what are we saying is, we're not deciding over people's lives, what they choose to do, but we are saying, let's act responsible. Let's tell people if they feel hopeless, if they feel there's nowhere to go, there is life. This is a place of life. And so, thank God, Tyler Dunlop is alive. Somebody gave him hope. And this is a place of hope. And so uh, this is kind of sad. You know, I predict that what we call the wokeism and the, will continue, but I also predict something else. There's going to be a backlash, not just from Christians, but a backlash. You, know, you can only go so far. Uh, a couple of months ago, there was a swim meet here, and a 50-year-old man signed up to swim with 14-year-old girls because he said, well, I identify I'm a 14-year-old girl. You know, eventually, parents are afraid to speak up. They're afraid to say anything, but eventually nature is going to take its course. It's already happening in some countries. You know, the children of the people who propose such uh, foolishness. I understand there's a Canadian uh, weightlifter, woman weightlifter, who's breaking all the records, except she was born a man. You know what? I mean, eventually this assault on women is going to end because people are going to say, no, I've had enough. But what are we doing in all of this? We're not spending a lot of time in church talking about this because we are charging ahead with faith and confidence and we say everyone is welcome, whoever you are. You can come and meet Jesus Christ at the Toronto Celebration Church. You can come whoever you are. And we don't look down on anybody. We don't think we're better than anybody else. No, I, I think the attacks, I predict that the attacks on our freedom of expression will continue. Today we hear that because of, 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 of geopolitical things, uh, Jewish students are afraid to say that they're Jewish in schools. Parents are afraid to call the teacher and say, please don't tell my boy that he should be a girl. They're afraid. People are afraid, afraid, afraid. Everybody's trying to be safe. Uh, college uh, chancellors and university uh, presidents are afraid to say that we are against genocide because it might offend someone. Well, we are not afraid to say that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, and the name of Jesus is given. And well, that's why I like that song. We're going to shout it on the streets. Jesus on the streets. What great selection of songs here tonight. It's just wonderful. I, I want to make another prediction for you here. I predict in 2024 a great distraction among God's people. The great distraction is coming. Oh yeah, it'll be really, it'll really be hot by October. You know, we have a, we have an enemy who is a master of distracting us from our purpose. Distracted David. 
He forgot to go to battle and got in trouble. Distracted Samson and Simon Peter. He forgot his own sermon on the day of Pentecost. He was so scared he couldn't share Jesus with some Italians unless he got a special vision. You know, we have a master of distraction who is against us uh, and he wants to stop us from our purpose. And it's going to happen in 2024. You know why? Because there's an election south of the border. Oh, yes. The prophets are going to go wild. I say prophets in quotation mark. The ones who missed it and all their big, all the noteworthy prophets, all the recognized great prophets who totally blew it. They're going to go at it again. And by October, you're going to be in a frenzy. Pastor Nathan, why are you not addressing this? Because there's another, there's another deception with ghosts with this that I predict will be heightened this year. It's the deception that, that, that righteousness in a nation depends on which political leader you choose. We take that scripture as righteousness exalts a nation, then we draw a straight line to whatever politician we think is more righteous than the other politician. And we work ourselves into a frenzy. And they will prophesy and they will say and they'll feel God said this and God said that and God said the other thing. But what are we going to do? We're going to charge forward with the gospel full of confidence that Canada's and United States righteousness is not in a certain politician. The only righteousness we give any credit to is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. All other righteousness, uh, whatever well-intentioned politician, and I'm not saying politics is unimportant. I'm not saying it's unimportant who you vote for, but I'm saying that is not the righteousness that exalts our nation. That human-made righteousness and speaking the right things, it is filthy rags. The righteousness that this nation and every needs, nation needs is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's why we, we, we preach a victorious gospel. There's too much drab and sadness in Christianity. I thank God we have a victorious gospel. Too much about how big the devil is and how big the demons are and the opposition and how bad it is. It's not bad at all. Ask me. That place I was at where you saw the video two weeks ago, I received written emails saying, if you enter our city, we will cause a bad accident to happen to you. Oh, that made me feel this is, I'm in the right place. Ooh, this is, this is, like, a, this is like giving a bone to a dog. You're saying you're going to give me a big accident? I suppose they were in, in, inferring that I wouldn't be here tonight, but I'm here. You see, we are not moved by those things. That's not what troubles us. We're not caught up in that. I didn't even tell anybody. I told Tina when I got home, I didn't want to make her nervous. Uh, you know, she, she's nervous enough about me traveling, so, so I just wanted her to be at peace. I said, there's some unrest. They are rioting a bit at the police station and a few things like that. That's just part of the gospel. So, oh, it's so hard. It's so, I feel so hurt. Hurt? I don't feel hurt. I feel rejuvenated. Good. We woke somebody up. They're protesting. People who should be at work are at the police station protesting against yours truly. Hallelujah. Now that means we're doing something. Good. Let's fire away even more. Yeah. So we don't live in a fantasy world. I predict something else because of all the wars going on. And by the way, by the way, last, you know, I always check what I predicted last year. Last year, all the politicians, including the General Secretary of the United Nations, said that the war in Ukraine would be over in no time at all. And I stood here and said it was not going to be over in 2023, and it's not over. I'll tell you about that in a moment. <laughs> you know, and then you have everybody who wants to know, oh, where does this fit into prophecy? Where does, you think every war has to fit in? You know, people, people preachers lie. They lie without apologizing. I mean, I wasn't born in World War I or World War II, but I've heard about it. Oh, they picked the Antichrist and they picked the false prophet, Benito Mussolini, Il Duce of Italy and Adolf Hitler of Germany. And, you know, people have made predictions. Preachers said, oh, I feel God is telling me this. Ah, what do you mean you feel God is telling you this or that? No, I'm glad that I can stand here and preach. I don't have to apologize. 
because we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, not my personal speculations. These pers uh, speculations in the 1956 uh, Suez crisis, 1948 war of independence in Israel, 1967 six-day war. I still remember I was a little boy and I stood listening to two preachers and they were discussing in, the, in, in, in June of 1967, will we get to the end of June or will Jesus have returned? And they were sure we wouldn't get to the fall of 67, but how many know we have passed that? And they were saying that for sure. Just a scare believers, good believers. We are, we are easy to get scared. We, we, we get scared. Then came the Yom Kippur War and the Lebanon Wars and the Intifadas and Bosnia and Syria and Iraq and the blood moons and, and who knows, Y2K, Y2Z. It all happened. And everybody made their prophecies and predictions. But I want you to know, I resisted. Even when you came to me and said, well, pastor, we need to hear you on this. I am not going to speculate. And I think all those who make such statements should apologize for lying and stirring up God's people in vain. So there's wars going on. You ask me, what, what does this mean? What does that mean? I'll tell you something about wars. You know, wars end. You know when wars end? When there are too many dead bodies. Sad to say. And when one side don't have enough soldiers and weapons to fight on. That's when a war ends. And then usually you have to give up land. You know, California used to be Mexico. But it isn't Mexico anymore. Well, maybe you think it is, but it's not. <laughs> you know, things change. China is from Finland. They kind of had a stalemate uh, uh, war, two wars with Russia. Basically, the little country of Finland beat them, but they still had to give up a big part of their land. Not funny, not good, not nice. It just happens. It, it just happens. And it's going to happen again. And I predict to you, there's not going to be peace, but there will be a ceasefire. Hamas will lose in Israel. That's my prediction. And it's, gonna, it's terrible and it's sad. All the people dying, it's sad. It's very sad. It just shows us the evil of sin and greed and the lust for blood. But in the midst of that, what are we doing? We are not preaching about these things. We are char charging forward and saying, Toronto, Canada, there is hope. There is healing. There is confidence. We are a unique people. I don't get my sermons out of the newspaper. I get revelations from Jesus Christ. Uh, and we are, we, we, we're, we're unique in this. We're not trying to fit in. Let's find a verse that could fit this. Let's find a verse that could fit this. And then we come up with some concoctal pretzelized revelation that we really should apologize for six months later because it becomes obvious that we made the wrong prediction. But you know, all the preachers who make the wrong predictions, they have no shame. They don't apologize. They just come up with a new one. If it isn't this blood moon, it's going to be a next one in 50 years. We're not doing that. No, no, no. We're going forward with Jesus. That's what we are. We have a unique calling. We believe, we actually believe that this gospel will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You know, I, I like people who see big things. I'm reading right now a number of books. I always have three or four, five, or six books by my nightstand. One of the books I'm reading right now is the life story of Elon Musk. And not because I like everything about Elon Musk, but I just like a man who has thought that we should travel to Mars and start a little city there. At least he has been thinking out of the box. He's not dreaming of a cottage in the Muskokas. He's dreaming uh, that the human race is going to live on several planets. Somebody said, oh, well, I got to admire the guy for thinking out of the box. I'm thinking out of the box compared to many. So I get encouraged when I find another out-of-the-box thinker. I actually believe that this gospel is going to cover the earth before we have a colony on Mars. Come on now, I believe it's going to be before the colony on Mars. You know, you, you can learn from all kinds of people. I found out that Elon Musk lived here in Toronto for a little bit, about 30 years ago plus. And he was so poor, he lived in the one bedroom with his sister and his mother. And no girl wanted to date him. Ladies, you missed it there. 
Uh, you could have been married to the richest person in the world, but I understand maybe he's not so good marriage material. But anyhow, I don't want to judge that. But he, he would go with his sister for dates because she had a date, but she didn't like him come along. So he would tag along uh, 10 feet behind just to, you know, get out of the house a bit. You, you know, I just, I just like big thinkers. We're big thinkers. Toronto ought to have a, a, a huge church. We ought to have 10 services a Sunday. Thank you. I heard that over there. You may as well think out of the box. So I just get encouraged, even when people have wild ideas, because I actually don't believe it's going to be a colony on Mars, but at least I think, hooray for the guy thinking about it. Nudge your neighbor and say, how's your thinking? Hope it's not stinking. So, you, you know, it's amazing. The world is changing. I'm talking about some of the things we don't talk about. Look at China. You know, I was just in Ethiopia. And I was staying in Addis Ababa. Anybody from Ethiopia here? You know, I was, I see you, it's a number of Ethiopians. I'm staying at this hotel going for breakfast. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of old-fashioned to pick up the newspaper. I don't know when I bought a newspaper last time. It must be a decade ago. But anyhow, I'm there in a foreign country, so I thought, well, I can't read the Ethiopian Amharic language or the Oromo language, so I see what they have in English. The only English-speaking paper they had was the China Daily. They don't speak English in China, by the way. They speak Chinese, in case you didn't know. But they actually have a newspaper in English. There was no British paper. There was no American paper. It was China Daily. I was reading China Daily every day. China Daily. No mention of Biden. No mention of Trump. No mention of Trudeau. It's just all about Xi Jinping. He's doing a great job. He's negotiating with South America. He's negotiating with Africa. He's negotiating everywhere. Oh, there's, oh, oh, China is taking over. Well, you know what we're going to do when China takes over, if they ever do? We're going to charge forward with faith and confidence because our gospel is greater. In fact, I, I kind of was teasing the people in Ethiopia because you know, Chinese are building nice highways so I can get faster to my city where I'm going to preach. Instead of sitting on the old African roads, you know, bumping along, it takes, uh, it takes hours to travel 100 kilometers. God bless the Chinese. They built a big super highway. Well, I don't get too many amens for that. I, not that I wish for them to take over. I'm just saying people get caught up in this. Like, oh, what's going to happen then? What's going to happen then is the church of Jesus is going to be victorious. That's what's going to happen then. That's what's going to happen. I don't care who takes over, who does what, who wins, who whatever. Jesus Christ is Lord. Did you get that? I had a nice picture of Xi Jinping, by the way, there. I just wanted to illustrate that. But anyhow, enough of the China Daily. How many Chinese friends are here? Lift your hand. Okay, I see you there. <laughs> you can have this afterwards here. <laughs> oh, thank God. I'm calling in the Chinese to TICC. We, ha we have 70 nationalities. We want more. We want the world at Toronto Celebration Church. Come with your food. Come with your culture. Come with your spirit high. Come and be who you are. We, are, we who are not a people, we are a people. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I predict, did I tell you I predict a ceasefire in Ukraine this year? Not peace, ceasefire. Too many dead bodies. That's how it ends. The Vietnam War. America said there's enough dead. Let's go home. That's what happens. You say, well, where is God? Actually, God is going about killing people. He's not in that business. That's what evil, lustful, greedy people do. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So remember whose you are. You're not the follower of some brutal authoritarian religious leader that says, bow to me, kiss my ring. But you and I, we are followers of the one who says, if you're tired and weary and heavy burdened, come to me, for I am lowly of heart. Come and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is saying, I'm not like those people. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to force a quota of good works from you. You come to me. So my message to you today is, yes, I can make all kinds of negative predictions. I've made about eight or nine if you caught them all already. But I'm here to say, this is our year to rise up in confidence. Let me give you some scripture verses about that. You know what confidence is? It's boldness. 
the Greek word parousia, it uh, actually, it's also translated boldness. Now, faith is the confidence, the boldness, the assurance of things not seen. Confidence means we're not pleading, oh, dear Jesus, please do this. No, we stand firmly established on the foundation of the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he has done. We don't have to bargain with God. We don't have to convince God. We don't have to beat down heaven's door. No, Jesus Christ has made a new and living way once and for all. You know, confidence, the kind of confidence I prophesy over your life in this church, and I believe it's here, but we're going to be even stronger in it, comes from no condemnation. There is no condemnation. 1 John 3 says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. So you ever get into the place your heart condemns you? You feel I blew it? My heart is condemning me? Well, your heart may be condemning you, but God is greater than your heart. You say, well, I just feel so condemned. Yeah, you may feel so condemned, but God is greater than how you feel. He knows everything. Because in that moment, when you feel so condemned, and you feel so down. God still remembers that he sent Jesus Christ to put away your condemnation. Condemnation, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And it says later on in that verse, it says, so we assure our hearts. This is what gives you confidence. You, you actually assure your heart. You say, I'm feeling condemned. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I don't measure up. You feel this and you feel that. But then you say, well, no matter how I feel, I'm going to assure my heart that God is much greater than how I feel. He knows everything. He knows that Jesus Christ put away the handwriting of requirements that were against me. He knows that Jesus triumphed over principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, even if I have forgotten that. So I assure my heart that greater is he that is in me, and he has not come to condemn me, but to save me. You begin to assure your heart. And you know what happens? Your confidence rises. Your confidence rises. You say, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. I got Jesus Christ living in me. And so the more you focus on what Jesus has done, the more confident you will be. Confidence is an inner strength. Isaiah 30, 15, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not, speaking to the people in Isaiah's day. So confidence is not being belligerent. It's not being braggadocious. It's not being loud even though I like being loud. I like it. It's just me. I'm kind of loud. I know you haven't noticed. I'm just telling you. It would never enter your mind to think that I was loud, but I'm just, letting, I'm just informing you at this moment. Uh, but, but you see, confidence is not that. It's not a pep talk. It's not a mood. It's not anything of that. It's that you know that you know that you know. In fact, I tell you something. I learned something. You know, I love my African friends. I've happened to spend a lot of time in Africa. And I tell you, Africans know how to shout. They know how to shout. You know, I, I, they talk about miracles all the time in Africa. They talk about miracle, miracle. Everybody has a miracle ministry. And, and there's a lot of shouting. And the preacher runs around and, and he's going like this and he's jiving and carrying on. And, and people go, oh, that was a great service. Oh, that was a great miracle service. Were there a lot of miracles? Oh, yeah. Can you tell me one? Uh, no, no, but a lot of people rolled on the floor. Well, yeah, but was there one? So what I've done, especially in Africa, since they're kind of, I love the Africans. I'm telling you, they know how to make the moves. I, I, I now, in my, in my, when I get to the actual moment when I'm going to pray for the sick, I said, no music. I start whispering. I try to really de- it take away any emotional feeling. And they get shocked. I said, let's be very calm, cool, and collected. This is a very logical exercise. I will now ask Jesus to come and heal you. And then, so I'd be very soft like that. And then, then I let them shout again when it starts happening. You know, when somebody starts pushing their wheelchair or wave their crutch. But I just had to do it for my own good. Because I want people to go home and say, oh, she had a tumor for 10 years. He was blind for three years. Uh, they brought uh, someone who was deaf. So they actually know. 
I want to go outside of my dear Pentecostal friends to get all excited. And I want to show people who are outside of that realm that Jesus Christ is a healer today. And that's what we want to show here in Toronto. Can I hear an amen to that? And see, confidence is that inner strength. It's like a spark plug that ignites the engine. It says in 1 John 5, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask of him, we know that we have that the petitions that we asked of him. That's our confidence. You see, I put it like this. We are in aware and informed of situations, but we are not defeated. I, I mentioned some of the negative things in our country. We don't mention them a lot in our church. Some preachers are preaching against this all the time and bringing it up. We don't. We, we're fully aware. We're fully aware and informed of every negative development. We hear about it. We are informed people, but we are not defeated. We're not going around saying, oh, it's so hard. These are tough times. No, we are excited. These are our best times. When the darkness gets darker, our light will shine brighter. You sang it today, Lorianne. You sang it. You sang it. We could have gone home after that song, but I'm still preaching a little bit on it. You see, so we are not unaware. We're not living. This is not a bubble. You know, 190 rail side road bubble. Come every Sunday to the bubble. Well, we're having our little fantasy. Well, no, we know everything that's going on. But in spite of that, we are saying Christ is our confidence. Confidence keeps you standing in tough times. Paul said to the Thessalonians, even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were confident in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. He's saying in the middle of the conflict, we had confidence in the gospel of our God. You know, Paul had been really badly treated in Philippi. He came to Thessalonica, and there was a mob. There was a, you know, opposition. There were religious enemies, and uh, they, they came to the house where he was staying, a guy called Jason, and they kind of dragged Jason out of the house, dragged him to court. It was just regular Christian life, you know? And he says, in the middle of that, in all that conflict, I had confidence. Oh, that's our story. The Lord is our confidence. Proverbs 3.26, the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. When, you caught, when your foot is, is caught, you trip and fall. Confidence will keep you from falling. Confidence will keep you going strong. Like the three Hebrew children, they said, our God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. We will not do it. So I'm telling you today, would you rise up in confidence concerning your family, concerning your finances, concerning your church? Let's speak and move in confidence. Confidence will give you strength. It's something on the inside. It's not in demonstrative, uh, you know, expressions. It is something deep inside of you. Confidence will empower us to finish our race and receive our reward. How many want you to finish your race? I want to run my race and be strong to the finish line. And I, it's so far away, I can't even see it. I want to run strong. Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Verse 14, same chapter. We have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So the end is when your task, or it could be your life, but a task is finished. The beginning is when God speaks. And in between the beginning and the end is where discouragements come, where you feel like you're being worn out. You feel everything is coming against you. Friends may be failure. Family may fail you. Circumstances may fail you. But what God says here is hold on to the confidence you had in the beginning. And I'm glad to say today, I've been preaching the gospel for a long, long time. 
Most of you weren't even born when I started. But I still feel good. You know, this coming year, I'm going to celebrate not 50th year of ministry because I started ministry when I got saved. Everybody who's saved is a minister. But what they call vocational ministry. As a teenage evangelist, 50 years. And I'm just as excited. I think I'm more excited about the gospel today than I were when I started. I am more confident. I am more confident that the gospel is the answer to the world. I am more confident that we have something unique to offer that will improve people's lives, change, transform them, give them a new life. They will cause people who feel, oh, I'm such a failure. I'm such a loser. And they'll start feel the love of God will transform them. And they will succeed in business. They will succeed in relationships. I am more confident in the absolute superiority of our message that Jesus Christ has come to put away sin and shame and fear and guilt and give us new life. I am thrilled to bring this message. It's a privilege to share this with people. It's not a burden. It is an absolute privilege and you and I are doing it together. Come on, give Jesus a big praise for that. Do not, it says in Hebrews, do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. You know, circumstances can wear you out bit by bit and you can cast away your confidence. Kind of get subdued. I don't want to be canceled so I won't say anything. Now we're singing today, Jesus on the streets. And particularly the streets of this city and all the streets of this country. You know, this is our distinctive. This is who we are. We are not a shy church. If you were looking for a shy church, where you can kind of navel gaze while the pastor is preaching every Sunday morning, you know, just kind of look at your belly button and twiddle your thumbs and say, well, this is a nice time to doze off and rest. I need to come to church so I can have a little sleepy nap while the pastor is talking and droning on, reading from a script somewhere. This is not the right church for you. I could recommend a couple of places, but I'm too nice to give them by name. But this is not, we're not a shy church. We are a confident church. We believe our best days are ahead. We believe your best days are ahead. I'm believing for your prosperity, for your increase. I'm believing for better days for you. And I'm not saying that blindfolded to the troubles of the world. But I do know that the experts generally are wrong. They said there's no inflation coming. And then it came. Then they said it's just going to be for a very short time. And they were wrong. It's been for a long time. And it's just here with us still. But I've been young and I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. You know, experts are wrong. Remember that they're wrong. It's just wrong all the time. The experts who spend their whole life on studying finances, they make a prediction and it goes the opposite way. They say energy prices are going up and they go down. Then they say they're going down and they go up. That's why I say I predict. But I do believe the Lord is warning us about being distracted. And that distraction is going to be like a contamination. We are going to take this as our opportunity to bring healing and hope to Toronto. Here's a word for the entire church, for me, for you, for all of us. Confidence comes from communion with Jesus. I want to encourage all of you to have communion with Jesus Christ. Talk to Jesus. Talk to him. Ask him to help you. Sometimes, you know, you heard some shocking news and you forgot to say, oh, Jesus, help me. That's as simply what it means to abide in him. It says in 1 John 2, abide in him that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. It gives you confidence. I, I've had to, to, to think you know, you can think Jesus becomes so familiar, you forgot. You forgot to ask him to help you. Abide in him. When they saw the boldness, the confidence of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And then they realized that they had been with Jesus. 
I want to say to you as a church family, have daily communication. Now, he lives in you. Christ lives in you. But verbally speaking, say, thank you, Jesus, for helping me. When you're tempted. I said when you're tempted. When you're discouraged. When you feel like having an anger outburst. When you feel like uh, people let you down. Talk to Jesus. It may sound almost too naive, too simple. Oh, well, no, it's deep. It's profound. When you feel like everything is falling apart, talk to Jesus. Don't forget to say, Jesus, help me. Before you call all your friends and say, oh, can you counsel me? Can you help me? Talk to Jesus. Tell him all about it. He is there. He's helping you. Call on him. Become conscious of him. Live in Christ consciousness. That's what happened in the book of Acts. When they were under attack, they prayed, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness or confidence, same word, we may speak your word. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness or with confidence. So so in the daily situation, ask God to help you. So I'm telling you, the troubles are not going to end. Wars, we're in a time of war. People say to me, and, and, and many of you come from different countries, and you know, I've noticed something that, that it depends a little bit where you come from in the world. Like in the Western world, we're very much caught up in the wars in, 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 in Gaza and Ukraine. You know, in, in, in the other part, not as much. They've had so many wars of their own. So we get caught up in certain things. I ask people, my, my friends over in Southeast Asia, what about Taiwan? Oh, they say China could take it in an afternoon. Maybe they could. I don't know. I believe they will. When will they do it? Maybe this year. Whenever they consider America weak enough, that's where they'll take it. Where is God in that? He's not in that. But, But he's in the gospel. But they probably will take it. It probably will happen. Could be this year, this coming year. Not 2023, but this next year. Or maybe it'll be in two years. Or maybe in ten years. It'll happen. Things happen. California is not Mexico. Something changed. But Jesus is still Lord. We are still world conquerors. We don't have to find some deep thing. And some preacher's going to say, oh, I found some deep thing in this. Oh, he's just imagining things. Stay. Stay with the gospel. Stay with Jesus Christ. Move forward in Jesus. Yes, the Houthis, they're going to fire their rockets on, on the oil ships in the, in the Red Sea and the, and, and, and the Gulf. They're going to do it. And we're going to pay more for gas. You say, where's God in that? He's not in that. He didn't fire the rocket. It just happens. But where is God? He is in helping you. That no matter what you face, no matter what your conflict is, you will have confidence. You will overcome. Yeah. Iran, they will build their rockets and their drones and North Korea will build theirs and China will do their thing and and Donald Trump will do his thing and Joseph Biden will do his thing and Trudeau will do his thing and Putin will do his thing. And what will we do? We will charge forward with confidence because long after all those people played out their roles, Jesus is Lord and we are winning. Amen. They will all do their thing. They will all do their thing. Oh, oh, what's going on? What's going on, Pastor? Well, it's just the world going on. I don't have to sit down in some subservient honor and just, oh, this and that. We don't have to talk about that on Sunday. It's not because we're in a bubble or because we are scared or we kind of have to create a fantasy world. You come to church and we just talk about Jesus and going to heaven and, you know, you know. No, 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 no. We are fully aware, fully informed. But we also know who we are. We also know who we are. Oh, some people will talk about, they'll have their explanations. Oh, there's so many demons. Oh, this is not the right time. This is not the right season. The church isn't ready yet. And uh, there's this and that. 
And while many of our dear brothers and sisters will talk like that, and I don't know if this is the season of going forward, or this may be the season of this, and there's so many seasons, and, and the seasons never end, and it seems most of the seasons are just gloomy season, and you're, ne- you're, you're dead and in the casket before you ever got to that season that you were supposed to get to. So while everybody is discerning all these seasons they are in, you know what our season is? Our season is going forward. We are confident that he who has begun the good work in us, he will complete it. We are confident you'll go forward in your business. Prosper, prosper, start a business, get education, train yourself, believe God. Hallelujah. Go forward. And all of us this year, I wish I was wrong. I I hope I'm wrong in some cases, but we're all going to have some discouragement, some disappointment. You're going to meet some negative, nasty people. I heard that. We're all going to have that. Some people who we thought would never disappoint us will disappoint us. Yeah, thus saith the Lord. This is really from, it will happen. As long as you're breathing, you will have some self-doubt. Oh, what about me? You'll have that. Maybe some of you will have a negative diagnosis, a lack, some terrible thing. So what are we going to do? We're going to charge forward with confidence. None of these things will move us. We will go forward. This is our best hour, friends. This is our best time. Our church is is a little different. We are not the kind of whiny type. You know, there's so much whining. Oh, thank you for coming. I know you could have been to many places tonight, so thank you for coming, because this must be the worst place in Toronto. This is the best place in Toronto. You very fortunate people. We're not saying, oh, thank you, some limp-wristed pastor. Oh, thank you for coming. What do you mean, thank you for coming? It's a privilege to come. It's a privilege to gather to be stirred up in the Lord. We're not apologizing for who we are. We're not some limp-wristed, oh, please, please, did you like our coffee? My God, there's nothing worse than whiny pastors and leaders. I feel so hurt. Hurt? What's that? If you're a leader, if you're going ahead, you're going to be hurt. People are going to want to kill you probably. What if I had said that to the, to the people from that religion? I don't want to mention by name, but you know which one I mean. Who, who said they're going to come and hurt me. I'm so hurt that you want to come and hurt me. No, I was happy. Yabba-dabba-doo. Hallelujah. We, 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 we poked in the hornet's nest and some of the hornets are buzzing around. This is exciting. This is wonderful. Life is an adventure. Let's see what God will do. Uh, you know, when all those things, I'm so hurt at work. They swear a little bit. Well, isn't that something? That they swear and cuss and tell dirty, unclean jokes where you are. Hallelujah that you are there. What are you going to do? Walking around like a little holy Hubert. Oh, I can't go to have lunch with the others at work because they might say a certain word. No, you're going to go there and shine. You're going to go there and shine for Jesus, full of confidence. You're not going to come in there like, oh, here come. No, you're going to go with your chin up. We are charging forward. Are you hearing me over here? Don't worry, I, I know what time it is. I have a sec- special watch over here, so don't worry. We, we will do the countdown. We promise you a countdown. Some of you looked a bit nervous. That's how you, you, you're going to shine brightly. And the darker your workplace is, the more you shine. And you're not ashamed. You can, if anybody, if anybody could handle some dirty jokes being told, it's you. You come to TICC, you get a revelation of Jesus every Sunday. Your mind won't even be contaminated. You can just sit there and smile full of victory. Hallelujah, that's you, full of confidence. Instead of this defeatist Christianity. Oh, it's so, it's not like it used to be. Thank God it's not like it used to be. I like it today. 
Airplanes are faster. Television is easier, easier. We got social media. We can spread the gospel. Go ahead and uh, we better take the communion now. Are you happy today? I tell you. Pastor Nathan said, should we do the communion in the beginning of the end? I said, well, let me think about it. So I was praying a little bit, thinking, you know what we're taking the communion for today? I know we take communion to remember how Jesus is our healer. Jesus is many things. I want to tell you, I'm taking the communion, reminding myself that God is my Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. I'm taking the communion, believing for you to prosper. Now, some of you may be healed when we take it. You don't have to wait to healing Sunday, next Sunday. But I'm taking it, believing for you and your family to do better, to start businesses, uh, to, to have education. You say, well, nobody in our family has that education. Well, you be the first one. You be the first one. You say, well, I was waiting for Jesus to come back. Well, if he comes back, you can come right out of college, right up. It'd be all right. It'd be no further away. But in the meanwhile, if he doesn't come, you're ready. Learn something. Do something. Learn how to play the piano. Play a guitar. Play the drums. Sing a solo. Get out there. Do something. Take a course. Study. Get a degree. Just say, I am full of confidence. I'm a world shaker and a history maker. I, 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 and so I want to take the Lord's table. Come on up here, singer. So I know that we, 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 I got to wind down if you come up here now. Come on here. We're going to take the Lord's table. Where, where, where is our, we have our communion emblems. Okay, we received them. Oh, wonderful. I thought we had to give them out. Now I remember here. And we're going to worship Jesus together. And I'm believing God. And I'm taking the communion today for that aspect of the gospel that says he who was so rich, he became so very poor that through his poverty we might be rich. And yes, the world is in turmoil. The frog is burning much quicker, boiling much quicker. Things are changing. We have every reason in the one sense to be full of, of despair and wondering, I don't recognize the world I live in. But in this world, full of conflict, we are charging forward. We are different. We're not succumbing. We're not rolling over like a well-trained dog. We are standing up on our hind feet and we march forward. I know you don't have hind feet, but you know, you know what I mean. You're, you're charging ahead. You're like a hungry lion licking your chops waiting for the next conquest God has for you. Amen. All right, come on, let's, are you ready now? You have a nice song for us? That's good, they have a nice song. Come on, stand up and worship right now. We're gonna take the Lord's table. You're gonna pray for your grandchildren, for your family, for prosperity, for increase. He who was rich became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. I'm believing for it. Tina's believing with me. Dean, are you believing for this? Oh, you, you know, down there south of the border, they all caught up in the politics. But we all caught up in Jesus. Tell them about it. We need to evangelize them down there. They, they need to get saved from all that. Oh, come on. Let's worship Jesus. Right, Go ahead and sing once or twice, and then we take the communion together. And then I want to pray a special prayer of prosperity and increase over you, over your family. If you're a grandfather or grandmother, I pray for your whole family lineage. We're going to believe God today that 2024 is a year to prosper, to go ahead, to advance, full of confidence. In Jesus' name, go ahead and worship God. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died. On Calvary, oh mercy, there was great and grace was free. Oh pardon, there was multiplied to thee. There my burdened soul found liberty. On Calvary, by God's word at last my sin I learned.
song. I just want to say to you, many of you here were born outside of Canada. Most of you, I would say, most of us, because I'm also in that group, we were born outside of Canada. Born in Asia, Far East, Southeast Asia, South America, Europe, Africa. And I want you to know that, what did you say, West Indies? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, the Caribbean Islands. <laughs> was that you, Mavis? I'm not sure who it was, but somebody was correcting me back there. I received that correction. But you know, I've spent a lot of my life ministering to the world. And so when I talk about these matters, say in Africa or Asia, I have the advantage of, of, of having spent my time in the world. So I say to people as far as Money is concerned. Oh, they go very quiet when I say this. I said, I've been almost 50 years in ministry. The singular biggest offering I ever received in my life was from Southeast Asia. Everybody thinks it's from America. I said, the second largest offering I ever received was from Africa. That's right. So you don't fool me. I'm an old fox. Don't keep telling me that, oh, there's no money in Africa. There's no money in Asia. There's lots of money. Now, I got some big offerings from the United States and Canada, but they're a little bit down the list. Number one is Southeast Asia. Two is Africa. Thank God for Africa. So if you're from either Southeast Asia or Africa, I know that you're not, don't think, oh, I'm limited. Oh, I'm not going to prosper. Yeah, you're going to prosper a lot, a lot, a lot. I said a lot, you're going to prosper. And Caribbean islands. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I see you. I heard that. And if you're just a plain old European, we'll include you as well. We'll, we'll just think there's some hope for you too. That would be myself included. Are you with me? So I, I like to talk like, it's true what I'm telling you. Because I want to break that mentality that says, Oh, I'm from such a background. I'm from that background. Let me tell you, our God is God everywhere. He's not an American God or a Canadian God or Australian God. He is God wherever people dare to believe that he is God. In the name of Jesus. Jesus took bread. He broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Let's partake of the communion right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And remember, he became, he who was so rich became so poor that through his poverty we might be rich in every way. Beloved, I wish you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Jesus took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup. If you, you can put the empty cup down on the chair. Before we sing that a couple of times more. Maybe your confidence has been shaken. Maybe you tried some things. Maybe some things failed. Maybe some things didn't work out. This is the word. I said, Lord, I open my spirit. What do I tell our church and our partners and our friends? And it just came so strong. Tell them to charge ahead with faith and confidence. And that's what I'm telling you. No matter what goes on in our country. If you say, I want to receive that promise, I believe God will help me to prosper and increase in a significant way in the next 12 months. Lift your hand way up high. Beautiful, beautiful. I've seen it around the world. I've seen people from the poorest of situations, poorest of circumstances, in fact, that looked hopeless. And we prayed and talked like this. And a year later, everything was changed. So let's lift our hands together right now. Father, 
we don't do this in a belligerent way. We don't do this in any kind of a fleshly or carnal way. We do this as citizens of your kingdom. We do this as sons and daughters of the Most High. I thank you, Father, for money and ideas and wisdom being made available to your people. I thank you for those who even a little bit later on in life have come up with ideas. I thank you, Father, for strength and courage so that they will not think that they're too old or that their best days are gone. I thank you, Father, for increase. I thank you they will prosper and increase even as their soul prospers. We receive that in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for those who maybe been a little bit afraid to even think of the topic of finance or money or anything in that area. I thank you, God, that you are pregnant you are a pragmatic God. You actually answer prayer in the pragmatic reality of life. So I thank you, Father, for prosperity and increase. And I thank you for great confidence. I thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, I thank you. We, we, we declare today that mammon is not Lord. Uh, lack is not our master. We declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. We declare that and we receive that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we receive that. Amen, amen.